and welcome to Someone Should Make This, a show where we do the hard part of coming up with great video game ideas and offer them up to the world. My name is Danish. I'm Jeff. I'm Matt. It's early, boys. It's early. Real early. It's a little early, early, boys. My body hates me. Like, yeah, last I... week, I woke up at 7.30, no prompt. This week, woke up at 7 a.m., no prompt. My alarm is set for 8.30. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. That's... It's getting old, Jeff. I think you're just getting old. I am getting old. I have my shoulders ache. I had to cut my <laughs> chest day at the gym short because my my traps were cramping up. Like Josh that's never so happened before. Swole that he couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It should be the opposite. Speaking of uh, speaking of swole, that Apple Arcade was swole with games. Oh. <laughs> is, that, is that good? Seamless. I love it. <laughs> Let's print it. Um, have you guys tried this at all? No, no, I don't care about it. Everybody says I, it's so good, and I should care about it, and that's probably true. But I just, when I don't care about something that is going to cost me more money, I'm not going to like start care. Like I'm not going to. Oh, I guess it would cost. I guess. Well, no, it's, it's, it's a free I mean, trial, it's five bucks a month, right? Like that's yeah, not the free, too bad. The free trial is so that I can get hooked on it. Yeah. And I just want to avoid that. You are not. The thing get is, I don't. I don't have time. Like I, I barely have time to play the console and PC games I want to play. I don't want to be on my phone constantly. Yeah, are you not on your phone constantly? I try not to be. My screen time was like an hour something this last week. Oh, on my average. screen time is like more hours than I knew existed in a week. <laughs> I just got a new phone, and for the first time, I'm getting that screen time shit. Yeah, and so yeah, it's kind of scary. I I um, love having that because I know when I've had yeah, a bad week because my bad weeks, I'm always on my phone more. Yeah, so it's for I got a new phone, so it was free for me. I think it's free for a year for me or something like that. What, did you or get the Apple Plus seven? Is or something. Or not 7-Eleven? 11. 11, yeah. Um, here's here's what I'll say about Apple Arcade. It, it sucks that it's just like a weird tab in the App Store. And when you download games, it just goes to your phone like any other app. I kind of wish Apple Arcade was its own like Steam st- style. Or like the NES Classic where it's all in one place. Yeah, I wish it was like that. That would have been way more convenient. I figured anyway, it would have been. That's weird. No, yeah, it's not like that. Um, the other cool thing is that, and I only use this once because I don't have any way to actually uh, configure them together, but you can pair a PS4 controller or Xbox controller now to the uh, iOS. So that's cool. It defeats and the phone for me. I don't know. I'm, no, I'm, I'm happy okay about this that. whole thing. I think yeah. I think more platforms need to embrace, like, yeah. there should be keyboard and mouse on consoles, and there should be controllers on PCs and yeah. phones and shit. I'm I, all I, about that. I, I guess I agree with that. All right, so two games, or a couple games I'll hit up really quick. That one game, uh, Everything Golf, that we talked about on the podcast, is available on free on Apple Arcade, which is cool. Uh, it's like, uh, And then the other game that I actually kind of, I was going to buy on Switch called Sayonara Hearts, a very cool, stylish, visual, rhythm, flying type game. That's free on Apple Arcade, so that was cool. I got that. Uh, the one game, though, that I want to talk about is called Bleak Sword, and it's it's very cool. It's a very cool idea. It's a, uh, I guess, an action, like, slash, slash, hack'em slash game. What's the word? Hack'em slash? Hack'em slash, yeah. (laughs) No, it's not a brawler because you're using swords and shields and dashes. You can't brawl Um, with weapons? What? No, you can't brawl with weapons. No, What is this? Nobody's ever done this. (laughs) No, never. Um, Okay, so I don't know if you've ever seen that game, Downwell. It's like that graphic style, black and white and red. saying stuff that I've never heard of. So Downwell is is like an 8-bit game presentation right like it's all right, pixel so art. it's it's pixel art black white and ugh, touches of red for blood and stuff it's a style that i don't really love it's like minute is another game that does this thing minute to um, me just looks it looks like a broken tamagotchi i'm i, I have it, it and i want to play it because everyone is like this is amazing the mechanics are great but the visuals just really are yeah are it's not the me. best but this game is a little better because it has a cool 3d look to it and a little like fog and sort of um, perspective, like atmospheric perspective that gives it some depth. Okay, what's really cool about this game is that it's all gesture controls, but they really, they didn't try to like shoehorn in console or like controller controls onto gesture controls. They designed a game around cool gesture controls for like slashing. And uh, I don't know if you've ever played it, but it really reminded me of the old Ninja Gaiden for Nintendo DS, where they did the same thing. They took the the stylus and they said, okay, a flick up is going to be like this, you know, attack. Flick down and then like tap to throw ninja stars. And like you're flicking and tapping in cool like hand motions to fight. And that's what this game is. You dash with just a flick. And then if you hold, you start charging up your sword. And if it's charged up, you dash and then you'll do like slash forward and dash. 
And then if you tap at the right time, that's like a parry. That's all. That's the whole game. Those three motions. It kind of reminds me of uh, Infinity Blade a little bit. I guess so. I guess it is a little bit like that. that. I don't even know if it's deeper, but what's different about it is that you are dashing and moving around. And um, I I thought it was really fun. And there's like multiple enemies are swarming in, so you're dashing. It almost has that like Arkham feel to it, but way more like um, way less automated than Arkham where... You know, Arkham, you just, if you see the lightning bolt parry button, you just hit the thing and it kind of auto-moves itself. This is like the manual version of that, where like you have to really be on the ball and parry and parry, dodge, and then pick the right move to charge up. That's what Ninja Gaiden was always cool, like in the old Xbox original version, where uh, these when you kill enemies, they're like gold little orbs float out of their bodies. And then when you charge up your sword, you absorb all the souls and you can do this massive attack, which is really cool. But it's a real balance of like, when can I find a break in the action to absorb all those things? Because it takes like, you know, half a second to, of standing still. So it's got that thing going for it. Overall, I think it's really cool. Just a, a really refreshing, addicting type pick up and play type game, which I kind of agree with what you guys are saying. We're like, I don't like playing games on my phone. I don't play games on my phone. Uh, I just got Apple Arcade because it was free and people were talking about it just to give it a whirl. For example, that game Sayonara Hearts, I probably will not play on Apple. Uh, I'd rather have a controller, and I'd rather just play it on my Switch. So I might actually even buy that, even though I already have it for free. But this game I would check out. It's called Bleak Sword. I, hey, guys. Uh, hey, Danish, that sounds fun. Sounds like a lot of flicking and swiping. I beat the raid. Hey. Oh, yeah. I did it. Good. And your internet got, didn't go out? My internet didn't go out this time. So I only bring it up because there is a mechanic in that fucking raid that is sort of the worst thing ever. <laughs> so there's a mechanic in the last boss of the raid where the entire raid is teaching you about this like tethering mechanic where there's like there's like two anchor points and you have to string players between them to to tether this some sort of like energy line between you and it's obviously got like a maximum distance before it breaks um so so while things are going on you're trying to like tether in the correct direction and like organize people to get like a door open or something like it'll be used as a lock and key mechanic um the thing that sucks about it is when you're tethered, you can't fire a weapon. Um, so if there's, if there's like shit going on and you jump into a tether by accident, you're like, you're screwed because you're just stuck in this tether and your only option is try to like run far enough away to break the tether and get out of it. Which This be... tether is, is kind of like the Night Stalker's tether where it like slows you down and it like really grabs you then. Yeah, it is just like that. And it, it does, I think it does slow you down a little bit too. I think it probably, they're probably using the same like code or whatever for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously it doesn't hurt you. Um, so the last, so during the last fight, you're, you're on this like kind of like half circle platform that if you imagine it divided up into uh, like eight sections, four on top, four on bottom, that's your main like play area with the boss sort of like in this pool ahead of it. Like it's sort of a half circle around the boss who's stomping around doing shit. Um, he will randomly take one of those sections away uh, while everybody's trying to do their job. And it's up to two people to do the tether mechanic to rebuild the platform so they don't so they have like land to stand on. And you have this mechanic where the he's taking the ground away. There's two guys trying to run a tether to bring the 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 land back so that you can so that everybody else can like run around and kill ads and do whatever they're doing. And you're constantly running into this tether and you're suddenly unable to shoot and like move fast because this tether will just like zip to you. It is it is when I said last week that I love raids more than just about anything in my life, it is the most frustrating mechanic oh, no. I think I've ever dealt with. It took us... We were dealing with this mechanic for... Uh, what, day, what day was our last... What day was it? What day? Days. What? Multiple oh, days. Oh, yeah, dude. It was so... Uh, I mean, that's how, that's how week one raids go, man. It's, it's, it's like a four-day thing sometimes. Yeah, but it's never... I don't think it's ever been this frustrating of a mechanic that we were dealing with. Because it, it, was, it was like Saturday I had... The, the, was, the, was the day where I couldn't get in. And mm-hmm. then it was, it was basically every night since Saturday, I, we were playing until about 1 a.m., trying to do this stupid fucking boss so so and, let me ask you uh and this is i think this is going to point to the design side of everything that bungie's doing is there any sort of marking on the ground that shows the radius of these things that you could just stay out of or is it completely open-ended it's, where you, you, you gotta get a feel it for is? it yeah you have that's, to... that's that feels incomplete to me well it's it sucks too because it's 
it's not so much like uh oh there's there's my buddy trying to do the tether thing i'm just gonna i i need to know how far away from him to stand so that i don't get caught it's i'm i'm dealing with my own shit over here and oh it turns out they were also trying to do a tether that i didn't see because i have my own stuff to deal with and now i'm stuck in this tether and now i'm trying to like i don't even really know who i'm tethered to at this very moment so i need to stop what i'm doing and figure it out and be like hey guys i'm in your i'm stuck in your tether and i can't do my job right now and it's like this turns into this instant clusterfuck of communication trying to figure it out and like i don't want to i know i'm coming off as like super negative i still like love this raid but man this one this one thing is like oh i wish they could have just tightened that up a little bit because it's like it kind of robs a lot of fun out of this last thing anyway that sounds like an easy solution would have been to have some easy way to just jump out of the tether by yes. uh, by will. Yeah, and, and I that almost probably would have solved everything and without even taking away any of the puzzle or anything. Yeah, and part of me is like, man, I almost wish there was like an armor piece that I could get and if I'm wearing this armor piece piece, I'm just like immune to tethers or something. Like anything to like just choose to not be involved in the whole tether mechanic. Anything that I feel like I am like stuck in without me necessarily being the problem is because like the guys tethering could be the ones who fucked up, right? They tethered while I'm like over here and they're like, oh, whoops, we didn't see you over there. Or something. And like now I'm fucked. Like that's, yeah. that's what gets, gets kind of annoying. I've had, you know, I've had this conversation with other designers in the past where I just, I hate gameplay designs where something is thrust upon you and you have to, it's some hindrance to you that you have to deal with to get you back to square one. You know, like I always, uh, I always compared to like, uh, if you're playing old, you know NES when you're a kid, and your you know jerk brother comes and just unplugs your controller, and runs away. That's kind of what like, it feels like. Yes. Except your first, ca- your jerk brother did it on accident because it's his job to unplug controllers, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh shit, I didn't know you were using that one." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, I, I've brought that up to other designers in the past. So just don't don't do things that make it feel like you know I'm being hindered like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was my week, but we did it, and it felt good. It's it's always good to overcome those things. Raids are the best in the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to get on another side tangent here, but I, there that's a very common thing, and and people always bring it up when it comes to Souls games. And it's like that feeling of accomplishment is what people really get out of it. Like something really hard, like a boss you're fighting for like two hours or whatever in Sekiro or something, and then it's like I beat it. And that sense of accomplishment yeah. is just so wonderful. Yeah, right? I beat it and yeah. it's done I, and it's behind me. Yeah. What's next? I don't get that. You don't get I don't, that? I don't get that. It's ever. Your, your serotonin is is not... It, I just, it just makes make me it. mad that I spent that much time and for what? <laughs> for what? <laughs> All right. Well, we've droned yeah, on anyway. long enough about frustrating <laughs> things. Yeah. And this is supposed to be a short podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was hoping it would be. Um, I'll start it off. Okay. Um, okay, so this idea is, uh, I, I think, I, pretty clever, but it's not really in reinventing the wheel, but maybe we can uh, kind of layer on more interesting ideas to it. So it's a basic, you know, puzzle platforming action game, uh, 3D open world or whatever. Uh, but the gimmick is that you are, pay- you are playing a piece of paper. And basically the whole function of the game is centers around origami. And so you fold yourself up into different things to do different things. I like this. I'm already Yeah, so, um, and here's the thing that I think would be pretty cool about it is that uh, let's say you, um, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a Mario 64 style where you're collecting little jobbers, little like, you know, icons or pieces of paper or whatever, and that give you more abilities, something like that, maybe a little Metroidvania style to it. But what I'm really fascinated by was this video I saw on how origami has evolved throughout the centuries and because of like mathematics and like computers, uh, insane origami can be made now that was not possible before. Because what what happened is you could form sort of these three D primitives in the computer, and then kind of rough out the shape, and then use this program to like reverse engineer. Wait, was it like veritasium? Was that what you saw? That it might have been. It might have been. They're talking I don't about know origami in space and stuff. Yes, it probably was that. Yeah, yes. that's a good. That sounds that's a good I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah, Veritasium is a cool channel on YouTube that's educational and interesting. Yeah. Um, so I like the idea of seeing this piece of paper with all the crazy lines on it. You know how in Lego, when you buy a Lego kit, you get the little book and you turn the pages and it says, okay, now put this piece on this piece and you follow the instructions. Imagine that, but origami 
and in a video game format where uh, it like highlights the crease lines and it highlights the edge and then like it kind of animates forward and one thing I've ever I never tried try to do origami it's a little hard to do it from like still pictures from a book and stuff so oh, yeah. in a video game it'd be so cool and so imagine like you you're a little this little origami guy and you're running around and you pick up this you know uh, boat and you're like oh wait I can become a boat now and it unlocks this little like instructional video in the corner and then if you want to later you can like click on it and like make your own little origami boat like that'd be fun. Um, so it's it's kind of the inverse of toys to life. It's life to toys. Yes, it's life to toys. Because who doesn't <laughs> have pieces of paper lying around? Now you have hundreds of toys, just like that. Yeah, I I, I genuinely really like that. I think that's that's smart because it's kind of it's even more accessible version of like a Lego or again like the toys to life because yeah everybody has paper. I don't so know that I have paper. <laughs> <laughs> Someone more of a digital guy. No, I just okay. Uh, we have like a you know little the, like scrap like scrap pieces of like notepads and stuff. I guess here, I could do here's that. what you do: you go out, you buy an iPhone. It comes with an instruction booklet. You tear pieces of <laughs> wait, paper wait, wait, off wait, that no, instruction we have, booklet. We have to make the CVS joke because oh, oh yes, man, yes, their receipts yes, are so yes. long. But yeah. that's, um, that's it. <laughs> what's the CVS joke? Oh, do have oh, you, okay. Jeff. I mean, it's, oh Jeff. I'm making a joke because this this joke has been so beat in the ground for the last like 10 years i can't believe you haven't heard it's just, but it but yes but it's still worthy it's still true like the cvs receipts are like miles long you go and you buy a drink a oh, oh okay yeah. yeah yeah i know i i thought you said seats like the chairs that they have at cvs when you're waiting in line oh, for the, the pharmacy the or something yeah dude i call them seats because i think it's like cool <laughs> yeah yeah it's like the hip slang way to say receipt yeah. hey yo you want your seat and i'm like fuck yeah dude i gotta make some that's more what i tell me. my accountant man yeah, i tell my accountant like paper. yo man i got all the seats i got all the seats he's like oh <laughs> Oh shit, son! I want those deducts. <laughs> yeah, you got to get those those coupons no, you never use that you totally forget about, and then they expire. They're not deducts; they're tables. So it's seats and tables. Okay, <laughs> I don't get it, but okay. deductibles tables. Oh my god! <laughs> I shouldn't have to explain it. It's a bad joke. Okay, anyway, uh, no, it's so good. <laughs> I'm crying. It's so good. It's so beautiful. <laughs> seats and tables. <laughs> I think you should be way more proud of this than you are. <laughs> it's amazing. We are on fire. Can't go on. All right, so this um, game's called Seats and Tables. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, yeah, like I said, it's this is kind of like an interesting wrapper. The game itself could be anything, but maybe can you guys think of other... Now that we have this origami sort of theme to it, is there any cool things we could do? Like Tearaway is a game I think of where everything's kind of paper-based and stuff. Tearaway, I don't Paper know if this Mario needs to be this. also does some really interesting things with the two-dimensionality of it. I don't think this should be like that where everything is paper. I like the idea that you are a paper thing in a real world. And if you get wet, that's like really bad and dangerous. So or, all the, you, know, you can tear. All the folding happens in the... This is all a digital thing, right? Like it's all happening inside yeah. the game. What yeah. it? I kind of I've been on this thing where I want to make games that teach skills. Like, there you go, what origami. If, yeah. What if you actually have to make origami and you use like the PlayStation camera to be like, "Look, I did it," and that, then you get that thing. I think that'd be cool, especially if it's some sort of like flying thing, because then you can pretend like you're flying and kind of hold it in front of you and like. Oh, bank you just and keep it there. Stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd but be you'd very only do it for certain sections, like flying sections or whatever. I think it might be too much to have it be constantly a thing. Yeah, uh-huh. is, is that fun though? Like I'm trying to decide. Yeah. It's fun. Is yeah, it? yeah, sure. <laughs> but I feel like I could just crumple up a piece of paper and be like, for, Look for me, here. that's like that's a side feature. Like the whole building thing is a side feature because I, I I like what yeah, you're going, Dennis. Where like when you unlock a form, you unlock the origami for it, and then it would be cool to have the instructions on screen, and then also that like paper rig where you hit a button, it just goes to the next step and you see it folded. So you can follow exactly. Exactly. Like I really like that, but I think again, that's like a side feature. And the main feature in in my mind is, is exploring the world and like constantly swapping forms and, and solving yeah, there's puzzles. A, well, I want to get back to that real quick. Uh, Matt, when you said um, crumple up a piece of paper and use that, the game should be smart enough to calculate the aerodynamics of anything you put in front of it. Okay, yep. And then and then how well you make it is how well you can fly. So if you crumple up a ball, you're just going to, you know, plummet. You're not going to be able to make it from the uh, you know, ceiling fan to the dresser so or whatever it, you got. It make. has to have wings on it, you're saying. Right. So well, it has to have wings to work. <laughs> oh, so but. so this is interesting. When I was in 
grade school, we had a contest for uh, paper airplanes. Oh, it wasn't explicitly paper airplanes. You had to get a piece of paper across the gym and everyone was making paper airplanes. You had one piece of paper, like two paper clips and like eight inches of tape or something like that. And yeah. like you had to make a plane love that went across the entire gym. Nobody could do it. So the math teacher, the sixth grade math teacher comes out. He puts a couple of the paper clips on the side of the paper, crumples it up into the ball, tapes around it, and throws it clear across the gym, no problem. Genius. Because yeah, yeah, it had it had the most inertia and because it was for its you know its size and uh, and it was more aerodynamic than the planes because it's just a sphere, you know, like yeah. a golf ball or whatever. So I think you could play with the ball. Yeah, and if I'm being clever and if I'm trying to like create something that I can put in front of my PlayStation camera that's perfect, I'm just gonna go get my model of my of my fighter jet and hold it in mm. front of the camera and it's gonna be like this is the most perfect origami i've ever seen you beat the game <laughs> well the paper ball won't be able to bank around corners that's true it's not so maneuverable that's one thing it is it is a, a unless we give it, it that hitman it. briefcast briefcase <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> man that jet ski video you know the one where he throws it and it yeah, like circles yeah, all yeah. the way back around um so good. okay so, so back to the, what's uh, the game, folding though? thing no okay yeah that's what i was gonna get to uh, there was a very cool game for 360 called um, Transformers Battle for Cybertron, I think. And it was like the only Transformers game where the transforming was fun as hell because you could transform into different things. And I think mostly you were flying the whole time, but like flying, driving, shooting. And it felt really good to... Uh, like every control scheme felt good. So you're suddenly a helicopter. You're Now you turn into a jet and you swing around and whatever. It's It's very fun. So... That would be the game to me, I think, is that like the switch, the quick switching of folding to become different things at different times. And maybe there's like platforming sections where you're more, more like just trying to get through, you know, with one thing. And then there's action sections where you're constantly switching. That, I think that'd be kind of cool. I, I yeah. like that in games where in order to solve a platforming puzzle, you have to constantly be swapping. The messenger does it really cool with the time travel. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to pick that up. Oni free on Xbox Game Pass. Oh, nice. Uh, Ori in the Blind Forest also has a few sections where you're like, like swapping powers. I I don't can't remember if it's actually swapping powers or just using different powers like mid jump to do a yeah. variety of things. And it flows really nicely when it's pulled off well. Yeah, you know, what'd be fun is uh, if there was some. I'm I'm reminded of like uh, Gun Club VR, where um, by the way. If anyone hasn't played that, it's great. And also, they just updated a game to include the sandbox mode, which is just so amazing. But um, in that game, you are doing repetitive hand motions, you know? And it's something that you physically have to get good at to get faster in the game. Mm -hmm. And so imagine if there was hand motions or controller combinations that do the origami transforming. So to transform it from a plane to a whatever, like a ninja star or crane or something... It's like a long button sequence. Yeah, like I was just up, thinking. Up, down, A, B, you know. You know and then the, the faster you are at that, the faster you are transforming. The PS4 touchpad actually could work really nicely for that. And nobody oh, uses yeah. that to true. great effect. I think the last game I remember using that was No Game Ever. So, <laughs> uh, Metal, Gear, Metal Gear 5 did a, did a good job where if you click the left side of it, it's a different menu. If you click the right side <laughs> yeah. of it, it's a different menu. It'd be, it'd be interesting if... Like the button, like I know it would be impossible to do because like f when you're talking about origami, all the folds are, every fold is different. But if you could somehow be like, okay, the, the triggers are more or less always going to be folds that happen in the upper right and upper left corners and yeah. like stuff like that. So that like you can sort of mentally map out what you're doing. So that's cool. So it's not just like up, down, left, right, uh, yeah. triangle, square, circle, it's but like things that actually correspond with the folds that are going to happen. So it's a little easier to map out what you're about to be doing. Because I think that would then reinforce uh, your ability to recreate these things in real life. Because this game should come with yeah. a little pad of paper so that I can make them alongside the game. Yeah. Instead of an instruction booklet, it's like and eight we'll charge really nice. Twenty dollars for that pad of paper. <laughs> um, the the button combination thing almost reminds me of like a fighting game combo, which could be really yeah. cool. Because if you're you know doing between like four and eight button presses or something with a little bit of you know joystick motion in there, that could feel really cool to be constantly switching. Yeah, and I think that anytime you are about to switch, it should go slow mo. So, so, yeah, exactly. yeah, slow mo, but like not super slow mo. But yeah, slow mo so that it this is not a hindrance to you, but it just feels cool to do. Yeah, know? I wanna yeah. I wanna drive my little monster truck over a ramp and be like, uh oh, water, slow mo, click 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 click. Now I'm a boat. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm driving yeah. my little boat. Yeah, oh, man, yeah, that feels really nice. Game. 
I like yeah. it. I think it's, should, it's simple. I think someone, someone should, should make, make it. it. It's yeah. it's really fun. And you could you could do someone should make it. You could do so much with the visuals now. too. Yeah, exactly. Just you make it really fun. Different origami paper and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So much. Cool. Make it. Well, yeah. So much. Make it. Um, Jeff, do you want to go next? Yeah, I, I think my idea this week is uh, is playing on a couple of different things, but uh, mostly it's a puzzle game. So kind of like Danish's, you are going out in a world, maybe Metroidvania esque, where you're collecting things and then you know bringing them back to a central location or using them to access different things. Uh, I'm not explaining this well. My game is all about being a mechanic, and you are on a hell world that, yes. That is, I know car I mechanic knew simulator. You like it. It's not yeah. just it's our favorite thing. It's our favorite <laughs> game we haven't played. <laughs> VR car mechanic simulator done. Ship it. it this game needs to get made. <laughs> so, I'll never play it, but I want it to exist. <laughs> it's definitely not as complex as car mechanic because what you're doing is you're you're going around, you're adventuring. You know, just like you know Zelda esque, you're adventuring through the world and you're collecting gears and springs and parts and stuff like this, and you're using them to repair these decrepit robots that are just like husks all over the world and so the goal is to restore all the robots to functioning order and every time you unlock a robot they tell you a little bit about themselves and you're able to piece together the world but the main gameplay is when you go up to a robot you open up this hatch on them and you have this square puzzle where you can fit different pieces and you have to get their gears working again so you have like a maybe a starting motor and then you have maybe like a an on switch on the other side and you have to Put the gears and pulleys and springs and everything together it's so that it, the game. Well, it's it's kind of like that. It's kind of like um, the Bioshock hacking puzzle, oh, yeah, but Bioshock instead of the one. instead of pipes, they're gears and stuff. So you have to you know yeah. transfer motion from the the engine to the on switch essentially on these robots. And as you go through, they get more complex. And uh, and so yeah, that's that's my my idea. So I okay now what's it what's it uh, you go I was gonna say I I, I love this little attaché case comparison where uh, you the you put the pieces in and maybe you always need like an L shaped piece to 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 bridge these two gears or whatever but there's actually a bunch of different L shaped pieces and like depending on which one you put in there that's gonna affect the abilities of your robot guy oh interesting that's good um, here's the question I had was. I like this as a foundation. What is the meta game? What's the uh, what is this building toward? What what do the robots do? And yeah, if you what makes you choose? Like, what are some interesting decisions that you have to make in terms of if I uh, revive this robot, something will happen. So as opposed to reviving this robot, something. I else think will you happen. could do that classic base building thing where, like, you go to the vendor robot and you repair him, and now you can buy consumables. You go to the mayor right. robot, and now he's gonna like manage your town, and you're gonna have like a, a a bed to sleep in to recharge. You go to the you know armory robot, and you are able to get some new armor and weapons and stuff so that you can explore further in the world. You could go that okay. route. Here's another question. Uh, beginning to end, how long will it take to repair one robot? Forty average minutes. robot. Oh, <laughs> one robot. Okay, <laughs> I mean, so I mean, you have to go out and get pieces. I think the beginning robots, like you know, kind of like any game in the start, you're going to yeah. be able to travel five feet and find the parts you need. Mm-hmm. So first robot, I'm going to say it's going to be five minutes to collect the parts, sure. and then I think the puzzle itself would probably be like a minute or two. Yeah. Well then, what about a <laughs> an advanced robot? So I think well, a medium, like a, just a median robot. I kind of like this. It's almost like a, a Shadow of the Colossus style game where yeah, each ro- each robot just leads to the next robot. Like I need this robot to uh, to help me climb up this rock well, so I have to build them out to it's do that. For sure, that, exactly like, really the inverse into of the, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, it's giant robots that you're bringing back to life. Oh, giant robots. Oh, I like that. I yeah. like that. Oh yeah, and you're like you're like I imagine like you're just like dragging these giant gears behind you on straps oh, because man. they're super That's heavy. Cool. That's or yeah, you have like kind of a post apocalyptic sled that you're just like piling everything on that you go out and collect. Yes. So what oh, I fucking love this. So you 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 build your metal behemoth yeah. and yeah. uh he can take you across the river. The only thing the only thing is like how do we vary up our giant metal behemoths uh 
Sweet. So I think well, just like share the classes. It could be like beasts, like four legged. I think type. they would. Yeah, they would all have something they were good at. Like maybe the first giant robot you get, he's tall enough that he can kind of like walk across small chasms or like like rivers. And then maybe you get one that can drill into the side of mountains or something, so you can like tunnel through and access this cave system, stuff like that. That's interesting. Man, what if all the robots hate each other? Ooh. <laughs> How does that play no, into no, no. it? I like I this. want to explore should, that. I would say two factions. It makes it a little simpler. And part of the metagame is to get these two factions to... Because what if... Okay, these two warring robot factions, they've wiped each other out. That's right? what, that's now, what you, I was saying. It, like Every yes. time two robots see each other, they're just like, no, we're fucking doing this. And then they, they throw hands. Right. So, well, again, I would say two factions, though, to simplify it. Because... Uh, you could just all do one faction, and then that'll be one ending. If you get all of the other one, that could be another ending. But if you figure out a way to do both of them and actually like broker peace between the two warring factions, that's your ultimate ending. And and here's the twist: it's impossible because war is inevitable. No, 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 no. This that's isn't that's metal dumb. Gear. So, okay, every giant robot has a counterpart on the other faction, right? So sure. you get your first big guy, and then there's like a big guy on the other side, and the factions themselves don't necessarily like want to fight and hate each other. They just kind of dislike each other. But like the counterpart, the counterbot, they do. And so every time you reconstruct the second of a pair, they go into this like big robot battle in super slow motion, and it's your job through the little bits of story and stuff that are around them to figure out their common commonality and then you can broker peace like once at a time like i think that would be really cool like kind of that you know shadow of the colossus or um last guardian thing where the robot's just like going at it and you're down in the bottom you're like trigo trigo well, um, I, I guess I, I don't. What's the mechanic of getting him to stop? I well, that's that's it's what cool I want in to theory, explore, but I don't know because like maybe it's an item, or maybe it's like a hey, you are both literally built from the same one part, kind of thing, and you can show them the part, and it's just like, oh, I have that, and like you have that, I have that. I don't know. That sounds I, like I'm every, not sold on this. Yeah, because like every interaction is going to be identical. Where you're just, you yeah, find that part and you hold it up, and you're like, look, you both. It's have a tough a gear. thing to puzzleify. Yeah, I because I, the main puzzle for me is. Like rebuilding themselves. them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So this almost feels like a, almost like a victory lap thing. The way with the one piece, but like, I want to explore this. Like, what can we do for it? All right, here's another idea. It's uh, kind of similar. Well, not really, but it, it made me think of it. <laughs> here's an idea. It's completely okay. different. You'll love it. Yeah, I'll take your idea. You make it better. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, that's why you're here. There's this piece. Uh, there's this. You're, you're scattered throughout the world. You're getting these gears and pieces and stuff. Imagine there's this one sort of like crystal that's like very powerful and it's a very rare resource but you really you get excited every time you see it because you drag that back to your uh robot and it does like a lot of things for you and it like helps you a lot so it's this crystal that's rare you put it in your robots now let's say a quarter of your robots have this crystal and at the end game aliens come down and turns out that any robot that has a crystal in it is now controlled by the aliens oh shit okay a little bit of and betrayal then, in the third act. Then you got. Then you got to like uh, gather your non-crystal robot forces and have a giant robot war with the crystal aliens. I don't like. Then, I don't like aliens. So, so yeah, the aliens. Well, they're robot aliens. Maybe what? maybe there's a a power source. Okay, so you find the crystal and you're able to slot it into whatever robot you want, and it enhances their power. So. Um, you know, the strong guy robot gets even stronger. The flying robot gets even flyer. And maybe as you progress through the game, like right at the end of the second act, you discover this power source and that power source on your planet earth, whatever actually corrupts those crystals. And so it's, it's more of a narrative, you know, it's not like an actual outside force. It's like a, a force of nature that corrupts them. That's fine. Okay. I do it. I have a way to mix up, mix both your ideas together into my perfect idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So you're you're trying to put this 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 robot together, and it's like, oh, you need you need uh, the, the the doohickey. Go out and like build like craft the doohickey, or maybe like you know find the doohickey. And there's there's one doohickey like right there, but it's like off of a combat robot. And then there's another doohickey like way harder to get way over there, but it's off of like a more peaceful robot. And depending on whether you're putting together peaceful robot parts or combat robot parts, that will influence their abilities. And make them more or less likely to fight the robots that they encounter later on. 
I love that because it turns every robot into a character creator. Yes, <laughs> perfect. But also, <laughs> it could be like, oh, you need you you have this, uh, you have this like this 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 orb, but it needs to be filled with some juices. And then there's like mm. there's like your your evil juice from the planet over there, and then there's like nice juice from the planet over there. So you kind of get to mix and match what you're using, and like you could have a, a robot that's a little bit mean and maybe some robots need to be more combat focused in order to like blast a wall down but you need Mm -hmm. to make sure he's not running into you know another combat robot maybe you can make like a more submissive robot that's gonna not try to engage so good yeah i i like that a lot because with the scarcity of resources you can you can force the player into making these compromises that will pay off later in the game and uh i think that feels really nice one question one thing I have is how many robots can you have at your disposal? Is it like every robot in the game you can have? And then like, how are you switch? Are you like calling for them? I imagine you're climbing on them like in Shadow yeah. of the Colossus. And also, I, I also imagine that just sort of naturally these robots have staked out their little areas that they, they, okay, so they went to die. Once, once you fix them, you just go to their area to grab them. And then you can uh, ride well, them I mean, out. you're fixing them like they. So I think they're going to be autonomous. Once, once they get going, they'll they're going to be doing their job. Okay, they're so they're not they're not your them. robots. They're just no, no. Okay. I mean, maybe you can give them very vague commands or something like that. So how do you, if they're you not your robots, are they just like, oh, I unlocked this robot and now they're going to clear this path to the next robot? They're programmed to destroy, you know, whatever rocks, or they're programmed to dig, or they're programmed to do certain things. And yeah, maybe it's just like. Uh, hey, come over here. That's like all you can do. Okay, so, um, so it's 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 more linear than like okay, I got to robot number five, and they're going to clear this path over here. Then I go to robot six. It doesn't have to be linear. It could still be Metroidvania. Okay, you could have some little um, like doohickey that lets you control a robot while you're riding him, maybe. Because yeah, no I think it would be to. awesome to be able to sit on the shoulder of this, you know, whatever robot, and like now you can kind of. You know, directly sure. control I mean, that could be part whatever. of the character creator. Like, if you get the piece that lets you do that, the over, you know, the override mechanism. Oh, it's like Dark part- Souls, where you get to pick a gift at the beginning. Okay. Well, no, I was going to say uh, it's another cra- thing you could craft that's more expensive. You, maybe, maybe what if it you is, save is up for it. there's oh. a there's like an input module on every robot, and so you have to like physically put that in or take that out. So oh, you can okay. only control one at a time. I got this shit. This is good. Okay, so. You go into an area, and it's the forest area, and there's there's uh, there's a robot who's, like, broken down. Maybe he can move around a little bit. Like, maybe he's not totally fucked up, but, like, you obviously have to go out and get the, get his pieces back to mm-hmm. fix him. So you go out into this world, and maybe it's not, like, uh, it's not an empty world. There could be enemies. So, you know, maybe maybe you're going out there, and you're like, okay, there's enemies out here. I'm going to... I'm going to, for my first couple parts, I'm going to get some more combat oriented stuff so that maybe I can pull in airstrikes while I'm like trying to go through this. And I know this sounds like really actiony, but I don't want, don't, don't, don't imagine it as like, oh, I'm fucking pulling in airstrikes. It's like, oh, there's enemies up there. I'm going to like target this little area just so I can get through it easier. Or maybe you could like stealth through it or whatever. Um, so you can, you can build him up in the early stages to try to have some combat focus to help your traversal through the area be easier and not have to worry so much about the enemies. Or you can take the harder route, and that's how you keep him uh, nicer. And but either way, you're like you can kind of control him if you have these combat parts. And maybe there's sort of a nice version equivalent of controlling him that'll help you out in some other way. Um, but long story short, you are then using the parts that you've gathered to progress to the next area and fix so the next robot. I, I like a couple things. You said in there. I think you sh- you should still be able to just like put a command module on whatever robot you want, and it's yeah, like that's a, like a, that's at the end thing. Like right. the the, the other thing the that you got to or you you touched on is making them like more combat oriented or more evil is actually super super easy, and making them passive actually makes the game harder. But then later, like they're less likely to revolt against you. Right. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. They can help you out. They can, they can shoot any enemies. I I imagine the enemies are like wildlife or something, or maybe they're like small robots so that it's not like a, I mean, we have giant robots. Why not dinosaurs? Oh, dinosaurs versus robots. Yeah. That's pretty good. Right. Yes. That's really good. They should all, all the robots should have dinosaur shapes. Yeah. Mm, (laughs) I don't think that's necessary. It's, it's totally necessary. Are you (laughs) kidding me? That way the fucking, it's Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, I, I want... What's wrong with that? I think the, the robot dinosaurs... And I like the 
like you could have so many varieties of shapes. They don't have to be humanoid. You know, they could be like just weird, like a giant cube or something. And maybe that giant cube does something really cool. Like it levitates. You can write it just it always follows like a, you like nonstop right. follows you around. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And then the wildlife is, it's totally organic. It's, it's, but then there's the T-Rex robot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's there's the a T-Rex robot. Here's the thing about dinosaurs. Yeah. Every dinosaur has a job. The T-Rex's job is to run around and be the best. The the uh, the long neck dinosaurs are so that you can like reach high places. Like dinosaurs are made for this. They already have their jobs. So you want them to be dino robots, really? I just that's what it is. Kinda. I would be hundred percent down for that if they didn't just make a whole game about that. Yeah, I but think- you're not riding them. You are riding them. No, you never ride them. <laughs> you ride like the little ones. I'm talking about the big ones. No, no, the big you ones. The big ones the big are ones. fun to ride because you're a to- you're like over the treetops and it's super slow motion, huge. No, yeah, stuff. that's rad. We're talking about in Horizon. Horizon. You never actually oh, ride Horizon. the big. You can kind of like climb up to the giraffe ones. The top you, of the giraffe well, yeah, ones. but those are like map points. Yeah, you can only really ride the horse and cow sized ones. You yeah, can't the giraffe ride the ones giant are T Rex and stuff. They're also yeah. not dinosaurs. Those aren't those aren't giraffes. Those are like Brachiosaurus. I guess they're I guess. whichever but one they're is like real. massive. It doesn't. Re- they don't really have like a one to one. They're just kind of a long neck thing. I can't believe I'm saying these words, but the dinosaur thing has ruined it for me. What the fuck? It's just an aesthetic. It's done. It's too. It's too I, done. I, I think everything. It's been else done is... one time. How many first person shooters do we have? Like a billion. I just want one dino robot game, like a second one. <laughs> like okay. One, just okay. How about this? How about this? First, first game, humanoid or like random shaped robots. The sequel, Dinobots, because you have to one up yourself. Yeah, those... everyone's be like, "Oh man, this game was good," and you guys. Nobody's gonna say that. With... They're gonna be like, "Oh fuck yeah, this is like the good one finally," because they made them dinosaurs. <laughs> and then the third game can be all weird sea creatures, because sea, well, sea, sea creatures are crazy. I'm into, even though I hate them, I'm super into that. There's lots of sea dinosaurs. Okay, how about this? How about this? Different parts of the game world have different types of robots. Okay, so that's fine. Okay, you go into Dino I'll, Land. That. That's like yeah. The yeah, there's Dino Land. Okay, okay everybody that's happy now? That's the only part of the game I'm going to play, and I'm going to be like, what's this fucking... <laughs> that's the only part of the game <laughs> I'm going to avoid. cube. I don't want that. Where's my... Where's it would my be cool, though, if you could... If you could... If you didn't need all the robots to finish the game, and so you could kind of pick and choose which ones you wanted to... To resurrect. The only one I would rebuild. ride is is the only one the only non dinosaur one I'd ride is the Dodecahedron because that sounds like a dinosaur name. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, well, someone, someone should make should this. Make it. It's great. Uh, I will point uh, out that there's a Miyazaki movie called uh, Castle in the Sky that deals with uh, Colossus style ancient robots, which is really really good. I just rewatched it a couple days ago. And so uh, look for it on DVD. <laughs> what is this advertisement? <laughs> I like that we're both because listening to the Miyazaki Blade Check series because I know that's exactly why you rewatched it. Oh, I listened to the Griffin and Griffin one. That was good. Yeah, it was good. Um, uh, Matt, what do you got? Hey, you know what else is a great movie? What's that? Wanted. Yes. It's not. It's, uh, it's agreed. <laughs> Are you going to curve the Tentatively pitch? Tentatively agreed. <laughs> All right. But you know what would be rad? is a, the, the game is a wanted game. Yeah. There's no did, wanted game. I think there is a wanted game, one? but it's, I think no, they did. Like they made one. Cash in. They did, yeah. but I want to do a good wanted game, and I okay. want it to be in VR, and I want it to be multiplayer. That's it. That's my idea. Okay. The most important question: How do you curve the bullets? You, like, what are the mechanics? It's What's VR. The physical it's VR. Motion? You fire while rotating your wrist. Yeah, just like they do in the movie. Okay. Easy. You're, um, I, this is what this. I only need to say a VR wanted game, two players co-op. Uh, it's Stuntman with assassinations. That's the whole game. So is it... Stuntman? Yeah, because remember they're like riding on top of trains and they're like ramping cars over shit and doing weird like driving up each other's car to flip it over the other one. All while shooting guns. You know who did shooting better? Shoot him up. Shoot him up is a better version. God damn it, that movie sucks. Shoot him up does not suck. It does not have good shooting though either. They shoot... Terrible action scenes. They shoot a gun in more ways... Than anyone but you could can't see the imagine. action because it's so choppy and terrible. It's very, it's very choppy. This doesn't matter. None of this matters, though. <laughs> what I want is VR wanted game stunt. It's stuntman with assassinations. Okay, so it's scenario based multiplayer. Is it competitive multiplayer where you're fighting the other people? No, no, no. It's like one's Angelina Jolie and the other is uh, Professor X. Okay, uh-huh. I call Angelina. 
So I okay, how- I, I'm I like the obviously the curve, you know, twist your wrist and curve it, but. I want. How do you get more fidelity out of that? How do you actually get aiming out of that? Instead of if everything's auto aim, it's not auto aim. Who said it's auto aim? How are you gonna cur- know what your curve is? Okay, okay. So so if, I, it's like a bowling game, right? Like you learn how to, or not a bowling game. It's like bowling. Like you learn <laughs> how to throw the ball so that it does what you want it to do. Yeah, I think that's like the high level, like hardcore version of this game where you just do it and you're good at it. Um, but that's I how am- I roll. That's how Jeff rolls. Uh, I so I imagined a, a lot of so I'm really I'm really taking that dumb scenario where there's the guy in the uh, he, isn't he, he's in like a limousine or something and he's got like the sunroof open and the rest of the car is bulletproof and so they're dri- the, the Angelina Jolie and Professor X drive their cars at each other and he ramps over the top of the car and like shoots up because he's upside down and it goes uh-huh. through the guy's sunroof. So I imagine a lot of the assassinations are going to happen in slow motion so that like imagine I am imagine I'm holding the gun and the gun has like a laser sight going out the front of it. And that's because I'm just holding it straight and I fire. Great. But if I start to twist my wrist, you get to see that laser sight curve in real time to where it's going to put the bullet. So I get to curve my wrist and fire right when that that curving uh, laser sight ends up where I want it to be. Because again, you're going in slow okay. motion, so it gets you get like bullet time, so you get to see where it goes. But if you're like super awesome, you're like, dude, let's do this on expert mode. You don't get any of that bullet time. You just have to be good at curving the bullets. There's also scenarios where, like the one I just explained, where you don't really need to curve the bullet. You just you just jump your car over his thing. You got to be good at that. What's defeater? Okay, so Defector <laughs> is a VR game that's kind of what you want. It's a bunch of crazy. Like yes. I think you're a secret. Yeah, exactly. The first shot, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's like you're a secret agent. It's like a James Bond esque type that, thing. But this is the that has the best trailer opening I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's only on like PC, so I can't play it yet. Yet until I get that awesome quiffed quiff quiffed <laughs> the quiffed. Exactly what it is. Is that a good word? I don't know if I can say no, that. I, I don't think that's a good word. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Anyway, I don't like saying that me. word. It doesn't feel good. Fall- it, <laughs> it does, that word it falls out of good. my mouth, and it doesn't land well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, Defector looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a little bit. I guess there's gun, a lot of gunplay in it too, but it's kind of the game you want. Yeah. I guess, but okay. Right? Okay. Imagine this game uh, with a little more bullet time and a lot more yeah. of a friend playing with you. Yeah, I like the a lot more with a friend playing with you thing. That's I think a, we need more friend assassination games. Like, okay, uh, remember I've been I've been talking about this game Sorrento for VR, and I, I my pitch is always that it's amazing locomotion, solid shooting, not as good as Robo Recall. That game just got multiplayer. Did it? So we need to try this. Yeah, but it's it's so I I I want like the planning phase, and I want. I know. You know, like I want to, yeah. you know, two people perched on top of rooftops, like waiting for the mark to show. Like, you know, I want that moment too. No, so I, I totally these, agree. Are these like um, these assassination things? Are they like little scenario loops where, like, oh, he's going to drive by like every sixty seconds, and so we can kind of plan around that? Yeah, or is it- that's a good. That's a good question. I do. I didn't imagine them as loops to begin with, um, because. I, you know, I you know I sort of imagined you fade into this scenario. Uh, one player is sort of tailing the guy in the limousine, and another player is already faced in the opposite direction, going the other way. So that you just like, okay, I need to hit you at the right speed. You need to break at the right time. Send me over it, and then I I toggle bullet time and I shoot him in the head. Um, but is it is it more or less fun if they just put you in the city? You have to go find him, and then you have to set up that ramp scenario like you <laughs> you fuck up like 15 times you have to like keep like turning back around and taking multiple passes at it is that so fun I think, or is that annoying I think that's fun and you can do these kind of like like one city block you know kind of terrarium levels where it's like totally yeah, like isolated and it's too more far out of the mission area timer type stuff here's what i would suggest i think that's only fun if the planning is fun like if you're just uh doing busy work trying to get the planning back and in order that'd be annoying to reset every time yeah but what if every time you go uh you're you're going into the planning phase it's like that mission impossible like you know flat screen table thing with the wireframes and all that shit and so in vr you're like 
picking up and placing objects and like waypoints and things. <laughs> and so like, okay, fuck it. Let's go back to the drawing board. You go back to your little home base and you're both like, you know, putting waypoints down and like planning your route and you have a little like dotted line of where the car is going to go. I actually and, like that. I like that. Uh, Anything yeah, then, where I get to like just jump back in. pick shit up and push it down. Yeah, the, the tactile <laughs> nature of it I think is going to yeah. be super important for it not feeling boring. Uh, but so I, I don't mind going back to that over and over again. Like, okay, let's adjust this uh, route a little bit, mm-hmm. one block over, and then let's try it again. You know, like that would be cool. That'd be cool. Also, uh, you, you know, there could be a thing where, okay, you, you've taken your pass at him. You totally fucked up the jump. He is now in panic mode, and, you know, maybe he's got a security detail that comes out, and they're trying to bring him into it. And you're like, okay, fuck it. Let's get yeah. out of the cars, and let's, like, run it. Now it is an action sure. game where you can – you have definitely flubbed your assassination attempt, but if you want to, you can just like go balls out and you know still kill the guy and finish it. And it's a much messier scenario. But if you yeah. want that high score, you plan it out. Yeah. you do yeah. it. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, someone should make someone this. Someone should make it. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Someone Should Make This. I'm again kind of annoyed that our games are so damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're so good at this. And it's like, so it feels like nobody else is. Because if they were, they all these ideas, like, these ideas feel obvious to me, right? Like, it's never... Mm, yes, exactly. Never any effort. Yeah. I just I just step on, I step onto the stage and I go, guys, uh, wanted, yeah. And it's like, of course that should be a game. So where is it? I know. I thought of Origami Master last night. Just fucking laying in bed. There you go. <laughs> it's that easy. It's that easy, guys. It's that easy. Just okay. think of some random shit. Throw darts at a at a dictionary and make a game out of it. Thanks for listening. You can tweet at us at, at MakeThisPodcast. You can email us at SomeoneShouldMakeThisPodcast at gmail.com. And tell a friend and rate us on iTunes. Uh, big thanks to Mariachi Entertainment System for letting us use their music for our theme song. And until next week, we've done the hard part. And now someone should make it. Because yeah. I think your tone, your your energy from what we left off on going into that <laughs> is like a hundred percent different. It is. So I'm gonna be like, uh, well, take us away, Danish, and then yeah, <laughs> <laughs> See, play us out, play us out, Danish. That was a good episode, guys. I want to make fucking video games that are easy to make.